and welcome to Deep Defiance, your podcast for deep thinkers, movers, lovers, and believers, with your host, me, Sousa Octaviano. Hello, Deep Defiance family. So, how's your day been? How you doing? How you vibing? Now, today's podcast interviewee is pretty epic. I can't wait to get into her. But before you do, let's take a moment to just lay in the energy that we are in and just notice where you're at, right? So unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery, please close your eyes and take a deep breath in with me. Sighing it out. And just be in that space that is the holiness that is your body. Letting the present moment awareness. Hmm. How is that? Hmm. When you're ready, come back. It just takes that moment. You know, that moment to reset, and it just does it for me every single bloody time. So, deep defiance, honeys, 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 this interviewee guest of mine, wow, not going to lie, when we first organized it, I was a little bit nervous because I adore this woman. I have been following her work for years, and to be real, I'm not even sure if this podcast would have been born at the time that it had been if it wasn't for her. Because this woman is a mentor of mine. I deeply and humbly love her. And she is the one and only best-selling author, doTERRA presidential diamond, and the foundress of Rebels of Light. After graduating from the program and now being asked to be a space holder and affiliate, it was the most natural thing for me to do to interview the gorgeous and the completely raw and unedited version that is the Tara Bliss and my conversation. I'm really excited for you guys to listen to it. Hi. Hi, beautiful woman. What's up? I am so excited to have you here on Deep Defiance as one of the first interviewees. It feels a little bit like you're the grandma of this podcast, (laughs) to be honest, because watching you create over the last few years and I'm so excited to have you on board, your Mm. little mermaid, your beautiful mermaid self. Oh. Honey, such a pleasure. And I'm so proud of you and this podcast and all that this will facilitate for you and with you and for your community. And I know it's just already lighting you up so much. So I'm so thrilled to be here sharing this with you, to be in creation with you. Thank you. So let's, let's be like, how did you ease into your day? Because we've been voxering a little bit. <laughs> how did you ease into your day? <laughs> oh, let's talk about that. Yeah. This is a great thing to talk about. So yeah. how did I ease into my day? I set my alarm this morning for 4.45 a.m. Love. Because I, I knew I wanted to get a workout in this morning because I'm launching something today. So I wanted to start my day with some movement. And so I set my alarm really early so I could get up and just have some stillness before that. You know, I think we all like to find our flow. And for me, I really like to make sure that I can be still before I move, particularly if I'm going somewhere with loud music. It just seems like a very disruptive way to start the day (laughs) if I haven't created a bit of time for myself. Um, All of that was preceded by cuddles with my dog. And anyway, so I get up and I go to the gym and it's fine. Like I, you know, it's, it's so good. I do that once or twice a week. It's, I, I really enjoy it. And I came home and I made myself a coffee. Now I, a week ago in my meditations, I've been really getting clear on the fact that my body is a container for what's coming through creatively. And there've been some really strong messages on cleaning that container up. Just 
you know, a lot's coming through right now, Tara, up your self-care. And I'm like, cool, awesome. And a message that came through was no coffee. And I'm like, wow, okay, no worries. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that type of clarity. But I come home this morning and I'm like, oh, just one, you know, like just, just one, maybe just once a week. <laughs> so I make myself a coffee and I drink it and I go down to the beach with my dog and I come back and my body has just rejected it. So I was sick <laughs> and I was just like the, the magnificence of this body. It was like, you broke the contract, sister. We're not having this in our body right now. And so it was just in a state of rebellion. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I am on board. So that, that was, and I feel fantastic now. And I've since had a smoothie and now I'm sitting here with you and all is good in the world. <laughs> I love it. You're just like, yeah, moving on. I'm listening. I've got the message. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> all right. It's so interesting. And I actually felt the power because it was just such a acute communication from my body. Like you yeah. didn't listen to me. You know that this is not a time for this. It's time, it's time to exit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the words that you even use with that. Like, you know, there's rebellion in your body. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. let's like start really micro with what that would mean to the listeners right now. Like how, what would that, what does that entail for, the, for people to be feeling rebellion in their body? Oh, well, you are a, for lack of a better term, graduate of Rebels of Light. And we explore rebellion as a felt sense in the body. We, we explore a few threads of rebellion. There is that energy within you of disruption. Mm. And um, so rebellion can be very creative, but it can also be very destructive. And in Rebels of Light, we explore destruction for the highest good. So it's not destruction where we set out to harm people. It's what needs to be burnt down or destroyed in our life so that in the highest good of all, um, the rebellion in your body is very generative, creative. It has like this youth, uh, youthful adolescent quality to it. It's got a spring in its step and it's what's going to propel you forward. So a lot of the time you will need to access your rebellion when you feel like you simply need to rebel against whatever is within you that's holding you back. So for me today, my body was just like, uh-uh, no, no way. This is, this is what I'm standing for right now. And it's so funny because in Rebels of Light, we, we don't so much focus on what we're rebelling against. We focus on what we're rebelling for. Like, what are we living for? What are we, what are we moving towards? And this morning, my body was rebelling for my highest good. Like, mm. no, get the coffee out. Fine. Maybe, in, maybe, you know, in a few months from now, but right now, no. So, um, what, what proceeds, apart from my little episode this morning, for anyone listening, what could precede this, this um, sense and energy of rebellion in your body? It's things like feeling really frustrated and not knowing why, you know, or uh, feeling creatively dry because Such there's something a good word for it. Yeah. Well, there's something there that's not being honored. Uh, it could come from even these words like overwhelm that we hear a lot and stuck. Whenever I am in that state, I understand now that there's a rebellion that needs to take place within me. And that rebellion needs to be against. Uh, it needs to be in honor of the vision that I want to create in my life. And it means I need to step out of behaviors that I'm currently modeling that aren't taking me forward. So I'm not sure if that answers your question, honey. I think that everyone has a sense on whether there's that energy within them. Just think creation, destruction, because they're the opposite sides of the same coin, right? Mm. And whenever you're stuck, you're sort of not in either of those. Mm. You're well, idling. It definitely answers it so acutely because it's a type. It's a type of pulse. I feel the energy of of rebellion, and yeah, I'm so in, 
the, the process last year for Rebels of Light for me was what is that pulse and mm-hmm. how is this working in my life? And I'm so glad we're just easing into the respect of your work that has changed or transformed, or I love how it's even the, the one of the pillars, one of the DNA strands is metamorphosis, is your beautiful mm. vessel that you are for rebels of light. Mm. And here being someone that has lived the first 1.0 of the courage and the creation and your collaborative leadership, how did she tap you on the sh- shoulder? What was the moment when she was like, Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm just so relieved that we're at this point where I'm actually listening, you know, because it's been a while. And I think that like a lot of people in the online world, I kind of got a bit lost and distracted by the one, two, three formula. And I was trying to pull online programs out of my ass, you know, and I was trying to blog about things just for the sake of blogging and for the sake of creating content. And so years ago, I had these threads come through and, you know, I thought I saw something as a membership site. You know, that's how I was thinking of my, of these creations. Like, like I was just seeing the scaffolding of it and seeing, seeing it like that. Uh, And then I thought, oh, maybe it's a group coaching thing. And there's these things that just would dip dip in and out of my awareness. And I would sit down and I would go to work on them, you know, in air quotes, mm. work on them, create the thing. And for, for, for some reason or another, it just never came together. You know, there are things, and I have had that experience with, with other creative projects such as my book, or even some poems or some blog posts where I'm like, well, I'm in collaboration with something here. This is feeling so alive within me and I really feel like I'm taking orders from something and I actually really enjoy that as part of the creative process. But what, was, what I was blocking myself with Rebels of Light was I was trying to create something and that's not how it works best with me and I can't say how it works best with everybody but certainly it was through working with my mentor who has been the grandmother (laughs) of Rebels of Light it's a nice little lineage we have here Um, but she really taught me more than any and more than anyone has before on how to be in right relationship with creation or with creations Mm. So rather than just looking at something like a mentoring program or a book or a chapter of a book even uh, or a podcast, I started, to, I started to formulate a relationship with this thing that was tapping me on the shoulder and frustrating the hell out of me. Instead, I was like, let, let me just get to know her. She felt very feminine and very strong, but also incredibly spontaneous. That was frustrating to me because I couldn't grab her, you know? (laughs) I couldn't grab a hold of her. But you couldn't put her in a box. Nah, 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 especially after she revealed her name. I'm like, oh, okay, this is what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with rebellious energy. Uh, And so, honey, that's kind of how it worked for me. It was a process of me getting to know her for a good sort of nine to 12 months. Wow. Me trying to communicate what this experience was for people, knowing that it's not just mentoring, it's not just a program, it's it's a real journey, it's very subtle. And I'm, I'm actually so grateful that I have women out there, like the likes of you, that are helping me now to communicate what she is because I need help with that. Um, I can be in front of people teaching tools and practices and this code for for living very deeply and lightly, Mm. but I'm so grateful to have your voice now involved in this as well because you have experienced it and, you know, her DNA strands have become a part of your life and your body and your being and your creation. And that's, that, that's, that's the ripple effect of, of these strands of rebellion that we're bringing through. We're talking about conscious rebellion. We're talking about creating in the name of the world that you want to live in. And we're talking about formulating a really intimate relationship with our body 
so that we can form a more intimate relationship with all of life. So these are just some pillars that have, you know, that, that came through Rebels of Light. And, um, you know, my advice, if I can just piggy, piggyback off that for anyone that's out there in creation and zoo, like I'm just about to launch a podcast too. And, and that's a different relationship. She's different again. She's so soft and quiet and still this podcast whereas mm. rebels was like she was vast and audacious and still very kind but she's just so strong in her presence so yeah long answer but. i love how with your creations because you've been really clear with the relationships that you have with them mm. the energy behind like you said your podcast or your mentoring program the type of life that we feel from it is different. It's not just like you said, a structured program or a structured, uh, you know, and for, as a technical thing, like how do you, how do you differentiate coaching to mentoring for some people like, Oh, Mm. I don't really know that I get asked this all the time and Mm. I have my own way, but I'd love to hear your, your take because you were a coach for a while. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is really interesting. I feel like I've been asked this question a lot as well, and I've probably given a million different answers. Uh, Mentoring for me is very energetic. Mm. I feel like I can, we can mentor people with our presence we can be totally silent and there could be so much shift happening. And I felt that with rebels of light. Um, I felt myself being mentored by her as a, in the process of mentoring the community, all of you in 2018 uh, coaching. It's kind of, um, I feel like it's strategic. It can be more strategic. And again, this is like, I'm, uh, Words are their own worlds and I'm always trying to create, make sure that I've got the right meaning attached to the right word. But mentoring, which I guess I focus more on for sure, is shining a light on a way, Mm. on a way and and, and that way being demonstrative. So this is what I have, this is what I have lived and this is the experience that is embodied within me. And let me just light a way and a path. And you are not obliged whatsoever to walk that same path. But may, may me showing you this awaken your own path within you. Mm. Right? I love that. It's that torchbearer stuff that I, that I hear through your work and, yeah. you know, and I think there's a, in this space, there's a lot of noise and to have that presence is just that layer of, of, of deep work that I think this, that is, that has been missing in my life. Mm. And so to really sink my teeth into something and to, to be, it wasn't like I was taken on a ride with rebels, but I hopped on board as a choice. And, and you talk about sovereignty so much. And I love, I'm going to put this in the show notes. You did a video on, um, at the Soulpreneurs on sovereignty mm-hmm. has, has much in the way of sovereignty, even from the beginning of rebels of light changed for you. How is it? Cause you, I guess how you've defined it at the beginning and how you continually practice it. I see mm-hmm. it in how you, um, you know, with your Instagram or yeah. How has that changed for you? Oh, sovereignty. It's such a cosmos in and of itself, isn't it, honey? Mm. Mm. It's really fun. I've got a podcast dropping on this topic soon and, you know, I think it's nice to talk about, first of all, perhaps what it is not. Mm. And cause I think she's misunderstood sovereignty as as a word and as an aspect of our soul that that exists in all of us this is what my mentor taught me about it that it already exists within us um and that's that you know sovereignty is not about 
separation, isolation, or being completely self-sufficient. It's not about alienating yourself from your community or building up barriers around yourself. I think a lot of people can mistake it for that. Same with the word autonomy, right? But uh, sovereignty is, as, as Hero would say, Hero Boga should say, being the queen of your kingdom. And what that means is that you have agency over your inner resources and you aim to remember that as often as you can. So sovereignty is reflected in really empowered behaviour. You know, when I see someone in, behaving in an empowered way, I, I just, they're shining of sovereignty. When they're not, they're not pointing out at the circumstances, at anything that's, that's happening in their life, um, they are, they've got a really nice energetic hygiene practice. They're taking care of themselves and their energy fields. And this is such a huge one because, as you know now, honey, we just give over so much of ourselves unknowingly. And then when we become cognizant of how much power we give away, it can be really overwhelming to know that, that, that that's been going on. So, I mean, for, I mean, for me, sovereignty, how has it evolved? So much, you know? Like I, I claimed back so much more of myself when I left my relationship last year and as I explore re-entering that world it is such an empowered thing to be relating to someone whilst really beautifully managing my inner resources you know my energy like my open heart, my, my, how, how reciprocal, how in a state of reciprocity I am with this person rather than trying to control because I think that control is a false sense of power or mm. rather than trying to withhold because withholding we think makes us feel more powerful, but it doesn't. So the main way that I see sovereignty oh, blessing my life these days is in my relationships, which is a huge pillar in in Rebels of Light. And what I love so much about that part of the content is we don't even go into masculine feminine. Do we? No. We don't go there. We don't need to go there. I think everyone's in- interpretation or how they live masculine family in their life anyway sh- shows up differently. Totally, baby. Totally. So it's so cool to see even either words that you're relating in this new way mm. through sovereignty as you're exploring that. Yeah. Um, has it challenged you entering, entering this world of new relationships? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot. But, it, <laughs> but I'm so willing because courage is one of, the, one of the threads of Rebels of Light. And so like every day when I feel that edge for me, I'm like, I'm, Tara, I'm proud of you today. Like I'm okay. I'm, I'm willing to be so uncomfortable in the unraveling of my heart. Oh, something would be so, I'd be so disappointed if I wasn't feeling any of that, you know? Yeah. But another, another way that the sovereignty really, you know, my biggest challenge, it's going to, it's a constant challenge and constant invitation for me. And I'm sure for many of us is, am I in a sovereign relationship with time and technology? that's going to like totally sting some people because we're just so made to feel we need to be available. Yeah. Yeah. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. And this is, this is something that everyone experienced at the end of rebels of light. We, we cultivated the most sensational community. And when that program was complete, that program was complete. You know, that, that Facebook group dissolved back into light. You know, I stepped out of our beautiful temple and it's like this, but this is how to run an empowered community. So sovereignty teaches, sovereignty is an example of that. Mm. You know, if, if, you, if you are that with your students or with your listeners, it, sure, it could trigger some people, but there's no transformation without that. Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, it was just, it's just circling back to, it mm. takes courage 
to go, we're going to complete something. Yeah. Because it's in a way really safe to to just have it, you know, and there's a lot of things like unlimited access or you can come back anytime you want. It's like, well, that time pressure or pressure is not the word, but Mm -hmm. I think it really, it turns you on. You've got to be on in that time that you have and committed. Yeah. So was that very clear to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right from the beginning, I knew that if we were going to have a conversation about sovereignty, then we needed to have really beautiful conversations around boundaries because boundaries are the lifeblood of sovereignty. Boundaries are so beautiful. They're the scaffolding of what it means to live such an interesting, lovely, empowered life. And, you know, as the leader of that community to demonstrate that is such a powerful thing. And for that community to then receive the intention of that, okay, listen here, ladies, this is why this container is important. Because if we contain something, then we can play all the way up until the edges of that container and we can feel safe in that boundary. Mm. Whereas if there's no container and if there's no boundaries, that's not, that's not a safe space. And people talk a lot about safe spaces, particularly online. Are they really? Are they contained? Mm. Are people being taught how to hold space for one another, how to truly listen? Are people being educated on how harmful it is to give unsolicited advice? Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, so it takes, uh, it takes boundaries and it takes a community that are aware of the qualities of sovereignty, I think, to create a community that is memorable and lasting even beyond the walls get shut down but you know you've got this connection now with each other where you can always tap into that Uh, and that's how something can live beyond its expiry date you know if you can teach someone to honor themselves in that way that's that's forever more let's let's go deeper into that community aspect because i did not expect that's how collaborative leadership was going to show up in the group and it was such it took I mean, for me personally, it took everybody on such a journey of really intimate personal stuff that I would have never been able to share with even some of my closest friends, but because the container was so safe, mm. that to have such a, uh, like a, a really solid, this is, this is the, this is what we're doing. Yeah. This is what, you know, what we won't do. Did I did, did you, did you know or expect to have a feeling about how the community was going together? Like literally have this campfire of women, Mm. like brings me to tears how some people, Mm. like I went through a relapse, new relationship through this whole program. And then even the joys of like moving house, all of this stuff that I never thought would be possible. Like, is this something that you envisioned to create, not just you mentoring, but the, the community? Right. Mm. Such a great question, honey. The vi- so the vision, you said the vision, right? And mm-hmm. that, that is the word because, you know, before we launched Rebels, I would enter into that subtle space, into the blackness behind my eyes every day. And I would... There's no way that you can possibly predict the the intimacy that can come. I was blown away. Like I I could not have, I could not have foreseen that, particularly as I've seen what's been going on in Facebook groups, you know, because it's such a saturated space and it is so noisy. I was like, you know what, I'm going to try my best just to hold a really strong intentional container. Like that's all I can do. And because sovereignty is the quality of the program, I know that I can't control anyone. And I can't tell them show up or else. I have to, you're going to be rebels. You had rebels. Right? When you're dealing with the energy of rebellion, you have to expect people are going to be like, "Don't tell me what to do." Pretty much. So, or not even don't tell me what to do, but just that's not in alignment for me. That would be like a way to speak about that. But so, so, but listen, what I did do is I would sit around my own campfire every morning with my energetic allies and I would see these women identifiers coming towards rebels of, rebels of light and I like to give everything a symbol. So these would be little light globes. Mm. 
And I would see their own little light globe just grow and grow and grow. And that was my way of feeling and sensing the transformation that was possible for each of them. I could not identify that would, what that would be. I didn't know that people were going to leave their marriages and um, move countries or interstate or completely change their career paths or look at the way that they're parenting or whatever. Like I didn't know what would happen. All I sensed and invested my energy equity into was a visual and felt sense of transformation and, and it became one, one light globe. So I, I definitely saw this as a community and having, and that was also very curious to me because how many rebels organize themselves into a community? You know, when we think about all the great rebels, Robin Hood, you know, Joan of Arc, so many of them are so kind of isolated, mm. you know, mm. stoic. Mm. And, um, but I was like, let's, part of this rebellion is rebelling in honor of self amongst the community. And so I just kept investing into that energetic felt sense because that's what Rebels was, that's what, she, you know, that's what she showed me. So I just, I just trusted that. But to answer your question, nothing could have prepared my heart for what we witnessed those throughout 2018. It's amazing. I still have, I mean, we just finished, uh, I think we are like, let's say like three weeks ago. Um, and I'm still in contact with so many beautiful rebels. Like I go to Byron this Friday and I'm organizing with them. It's just like not, I would have expected, you know, I would not have expected that. Um, and just to, what was, what is the biggest joy that you have about Rebels of Light? What is your biggest joy? Oh, shit. Oh, you know, I don't know what my, okay. There's some, what I want to say here is my biggest joy about her is that she herself is such a felt sense throughout the program. Um, she, what I love most about the experience is how she touches people. Like people, I can be talking and people know that I'm just the facilitator. So, you know, our close and our, on our final flame on our, on our closing call, when I watched women bow their heads in tears, come out of their eyes and they were saying, thank you to rebels. They were saying, thank you to the entity not to me, that that's the legacy that I want to leave for people is to have that type of relationship with the creative process. Mm. Um, so that's what lights me up knowing that I am bringing something through that creates such transformation for people and that, the, and that these women are having a relationship with that entity in such a way that they feel so safe to transform. So it's just that beautiful feeling of it not being me. Um, I, like I have so little, I'm almost detached in a way. It's the craziest mm. thing. I don't have this um, Rebels of Light being my thing. Like I'll always talk about her as this beautiful alchemical process or code by which I and 60 other women live now and many more will in the future because I have just taught what I've been given. Mm. And it's so special for me to people, for people to recognize that. So my favorite thing is just how magic the process feels to be in receivership of that and to be in leadership of that. And, you know, something that I love in all of my, in all of my businesses, no matter what I'm doing is I just love connecting people. I don't necessarily even need to feel like I'm in the center of that circle at all, but I want to know that I can stand back and connect people in with one another and particularly all the aspects of themselves. Um, love that. That's so, so important to me. 
Yeah. I think it's cool that you can identify your joy because so many creatives mm. like, have this idea that the creative process is this, uh, you know, that struggle, like that mm. deep, dark, like <clears throat> with their creativity. And yeah, joy is magnetic, as we know, and just to see you light up about that. Is yeah. so cool. Now you talk about your businesses as different entities. Now you're mm-hmm. an incredible presidential diamond in doTERRA. You have your podcast coming out soon. You have rebels of light. Mm-hmm. Do they, how do you, do they, how do they relate to each other? Yeah. How do you have boundaries around them mm-hmm. and you? Cause mm-hmm. it's very clear that your energy around it is like they're separate things, but they must communicate through you and how, does it get muddy? Mm. All, you know? <laughs> when I get in the way, sure, everything goes to shit. You know, what well, feels like it does. Um, yeah, that's such a great question. How do they relate to one another? Because they do. Because they do relate to one another. Uh, they are their own separate entity and life force, and yet they all exist in the ecology of my life. And they all have my highest good and the highest good of everyone that they touch in mind. So they don't compete for attention, but I sometimes, yeah, I sometimes get confused and which is a choice (laughs) or, or as a result of, you know, inadequate self-care or just a result of not preparing my life and my space. Well, I think that, Overwhelming confusion can just simply be a physical result of a lack of preparedness for what's mm-hmm. actually unfolding, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, ba- the boundaries in that environment are always what boundaries do I need to set in place for myself so that I can access each of these businesses in a really clear way. Mm. So, for instance, at the moment, Rebels has stepped forward and coming up right behind her is the podcast. It's like, mm-hmm. right. But, but at the, it, the podcast was, it was in front. And then I kind of looked at them and it's like, no, we've got to, we've got to, I've got to turn my gaze to rebels right now. So the podcast just steps back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but it's so interesting because creation begets creation. So a lot of the times I'll be in, you know, I'll be working on rebels or, or, receiving some of this beautiful content and fleshing it out. And because that just creates its own momentum, then I'll have all these really beautiful ideas about doTERRA and the community and how I can serve them. And so I just need to be in sovereign relationship with that thing and go, I see you. I hear you. That's brilliant. That's excellent. We just need to park that for three weeks. So if I try and do it all at once, I'm a mess because that's a decision that I'm making. But if I can, just like you said, Zuza, like just relate to each one uh, and know that they're not competing for attention, but it's just my own awareness that's so scattered and competing for me, then it's an ecology that thrives because they all support one another. Mm. You know this, all of the aspects of your business as well and your creativity, it's, it's an ecology and all of those constituents, just like the soil and the humidity and the sunshine and the rain, like it helps the whole thing to thrive. Mm. Yeah. So, I love and that. I mean, there are really clear boundaries in there too, like not checking apps on my phone until after I've had my morning practice and, you know, not taking calls until after lunch. There's stuff like that, that I, that I put in place so that I can honor my rhythm for sure. And that comes back down to, to, to being in a sovereign relationship with time and technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what's really interesting is like a, I feel like there's a lot of listeners um, who are starting to step into this world of like, wow, I can do things. I can choose how I want to live. I can choose my work. I can choose my worth, mm-hmm. you know, and when they're, when we're starting to, and I feel I'm, I'm so many people are still in this emerging or we're constantly transforming. Yeah when you were emerging into your more creative work, mm. how, 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 how would you have guided yourself now? Like looking back, 
did, was there a muddy or how did you focus? Do you know, I think I'm not sure if I'm questioning this right or posturing this slide, but there's a transition that yeah. we all go through. Like yeah. Mine was hospital. Mine was like working at a, you know, and I get a lot of women that are like, but I just want to be at that place. Mm. Yeah. You know? And it's like, well, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how did you, how did you transition? Mm-hmm. That's a really great, great question. And again, it comes back to that ecology because you can't just be at that place because you want to, like there's, there's a, we, we need to connect dots in our life and in our actions and in our listening to our guidance. So transition periods for me, you know, I often look back five years ago when I felt so tapped into the creative expression of writing, where I was prolifically writing. That was a very rich feeling time for me. Uh, But I made a decision to pivot at one point, this doTERRA opportunity so magnificently fell in my lap. And it was an answer to a prayer because I wanted to create more community. I didn't want to be a silo by myself, just constantly behind a computer. You know, even though I loved that process of writing, I wanted, I wanted what I was a part of to be making real tangible change in people's lives. And so focusing on that was such a big decision for me because I needed to learn a new language. Basically I needed to embrace the fact that I was a woman who had a spiritual practice and was stepping into the realm of sales. I just need to be okay with that. And now I'm like totally fine with that. In fact, when I fly internationally and they say occupation, I just say sales. So just, I'm just going to just pause for effect because we all are, you know, so many people have a problem with that word. I know, baby. I know. I definitely did, you know, and it's funny. Why was I so happy to sell something that wasn't mine? Yeah. Or like not even mine is the wrong word, but something that I think when we really believe in something and if we're afraid to be seen, we're afraid to sell it. Yeah. 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 And it's just the shadow. It's the shadow aspect of the spiritual community. You know, that's just still that story living richly in our DNA, genetic expression of you must suffer to be a good person. <laughs> that's fine. I'm, I'm so done with that. Um, not interested. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye now. <laughs> bye, Felicia. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, so the transition period. So, so listen, I, I decided to focus on this. And so someone might be listening to this, who's like still working in a cafe. Cause I remember when that was me, by the way, or, you know, still uh, working in admin. Yep. I remember when that was me too, or working in a factory. Yep. Guess what guys, I did that too. Right. So, you know, packing eggs, by the way, chicken eggs, uh, get out never would have known that about you yeah it's how I threw my back out yeah <sighs> anyway damn it <laughs> but so what is the purpose of this thing right now what is where where is this transitioning you to because the way that I looked at doTERRA it's just this it was this incredible way to create an empowered community um to introduce residual income into people's lives that was really important to me because I wanted I wanted everybody to know that financial abundance was part of that wellness pie. Mm. And so many of us were focusing on the yoga and the juice and the meditation, but we weren't having a look at the state of our money habits and thoughts and behaviors. So whilst I decided I funneled my creativity and my focus in another direction, knowing full well that this would become the base chakra of my business, mm. this would become the foundation. So I, whilst there were times where I felt that tension of, hey, it's been months since I wrote a blog post or, hey, it's been, oh, I'm just feeling like I would love to write a book again. I, I won't say I made a sacrifice because I didn't. I was in right relationship with an element of the ecology of my business that would help everything else grow. And now it is. Now I'm experiencing the boons of that, you know. Now I'm experiencing this, this, this spaciousness that I have to bring something like Rebels of Light or the podcast or poetry, which I'm so enjoying out into the world because I committed to getting that base chakra right. 
And so for some of your listeners, that base chakra might still be that cafe, you know, Uh, it might still be that part-time contracting work that you're doing. As long as you're in right relationship with that thing, as long as you understand why you're doing it. And if you want to transition out of that, that's great. But that transition, again, you need to be in right relationship with that transition. Are you like, get me the bloody hell out of here. This is like, you know, this is stuffed. Like, or are you, are you like, where am I at right now? And how do I need to support myself both emotionally and financially so that I can allow my creativity to thrive? Because it's so important that you don't take some leap so that you suffer financially mm. in this world we're at our worst when we're stressed about cash flow mm. and that doesn't do anything for your creativity and like trying to write a book to make money no no i mean each to their own but for me yeah, yeah. it dries me up and i think i'm still yeah. learning so much about my doTERRA business how how it works for me and yeah. how how to lead and I, this is real i love this is was leadership natural to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, yes, I would say yes. You know, if, I mean, in the, in the stereotypical sense of the word, I would say yes, but I would also say that I had to humble myself completely and redefine leadership. So, you know, I was the volleyball captain. I was, you know, house captain in school. When I look back at stuff like that, I was often in a leadership role. You know, mm-hmm. I, I took on supervisor roles in, in my work. Mm-hmm but collaborative leadership redefined all of that for me. Um, Collaborative leadership taught me of the power of passing the mic, of yielding when I would feel like I want to fight, you know. Uh, Collaborative leadership taught me about the power of answering questions with questions rather than answers. Mm. Um, It taught me so much about the power of presence and space rather than feeling like every moment needs to be penetrated by some wisdom, which may or may not even be there. Mm-hmm. And that how masterful we are at holding that space for someone that that's real wisdom. So yeah, it came pretty naturally to me, but I also had, I had a lot of edges, edges to soften. And, and I also think that leadership is this, is this a skill that can be learned? you know, uh, and, and those primary skills come down to how are you leading you Mm. first and foremost, whenever, whenever you're questioning your leadership, how am I leading me right now? Am I in a sovereign relationship with, with time or with technology or with my vision of the future, Mm. the essence of my team Mm. or my creativity Mm. lead that? Mm-hmm. Lead that first, and that's very energetic, and that will that will inform you of how to lead others. Mm. Lead yourself first. That is the most. I think even just circling back to rebels, that was such an mm-hmm. evident uh, energy throughout. You know, I was like, oh, we can, we can, we can. Wits. We have the depth and the courage to lead ourselves first. We don't have to keep pointing the finger. And yeah, I think. With, with the journey that I've been on, I was very much like wanting to save everyone else and want to do all this charity work and having no money. And it was like not doing anyone or any, yeah, anyone, especially not myself, any, mm-hmm. any service. Yeah. So it's such a big thing to be able to do that. I don't think that's, it's so much easier to look at everything else but you. <laughs> 100%. And the great thing about looking at you is when you're given, when you're given practical, like subtle, but practical tools on actually how to love all the aspects of you, which can sound pretty nebulous, but when you know how to meet yourself, meet the you that is currently holding the steering wheel of your life, because it's not always us, right? It can be that five-year-old part of you that's so afraid of 
being abandoned or it could be the 19 year old part of you that uh, doesn't trust anyone. And so when these parts of you take the steering wheel of your life and, and, and it's good to create a vocabulary around this because a lot of us, we don't know that this is what's happening. Mm. Just think that we, so we're just so hard on ourselves and it's so easy to judge ourselves and belittle ourselves. But when we can tune in and go, wait, this behavior, I know where this is coming from. And so I'm going to meet myself there and love myself there. So when you offer compassion to you, this is one of the most potent ways to lead yourself is to just offer compassion and sweetness and tenderness to that part of you. And now when you go out in the world and you recognize that behavior in another, Mm. compassion comes forth. And that's the same with your team, you know, or, you, you know, maybe it's your support team, like your staff or, or your doTERRA team or, or your students or whoever it may be. Because you've met those parts of you, you can meet those parts in another and help that person transform what's unfolding for them. So it sort of goes beyond mentoring. It's just so energetic. It's, it's very difficult to explain. No, absolutely. I think also we have, we're so hard on ourselves that if we notice a hardness, it's like, okay, you fucked up. You know, yeah. it's like you fucked up. Yeah. And it's, it's too hard to forgive. And I yeah. feel like forgiveness is something that I've just softened into. Right. Yeah. You see it very, very much in the, in, in the way you carry yourself to tea. Oh, well, thank you, love. That's, thank you so much. Because, you know, if I'm just looking at my life through the lens of my behavior as who I am now, that's a very difficult thing to navigate. Because I can be like, why am I behaving this way? This is disgusting. This is outrageous. But if I tap into what, like, who, who, which part of me has that? And if it's a sweet little seven-year-old, like I can't hate her, you know, it's a sweet little seven-year-old Tara who went through a bit of a rough trot and she's freaking out. And so she's in survival mode by behaving this way. Then there, there is nothing there but love, probably snot and tears, snot and tears. And like, oh, you sweet, sweet girl. And then that's the love that I'm offering me where in an, where otherwise I would be like, fuck Tara, like really again. And you know, just whatever nonsense we, we speak mm. about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Such yeah. a powerful, like you want to talk about self-love. That's, that's it. It's the practice of meeting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh gosh, we could talk forever. I've got some beautiful questions here for you. All right. Fire away. To circle it through, what are you currently curious about? What are you currently <laughs> curious about in your life? Oh, that makes me smile. I love that word so much. Um, oh, what am I currently curious about? I'm very curious. We've changed one of our DNA strands this year of Rebels of Light. We took out consciousness because I'm like I'm just so done with that word like we all are you know like whatever like away with the jargon um we took out consciousness and we needed to put in sensuality because just I watched what happened last year with all of you like wow we really we really met that energy so I'm very curious about how I can use the energy and essence of sensuality to create even more prolifically Mm. Uh, and also in relation. So I'm interested to see like in relating with my sensuality, what can be created in partnership. Mm. Love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's something that you failed at? Oh, recently? Oh, yeah. Well, whatever comes to mind or your heart that you're like, you know, we're, we'll kind of help. Yeah. Well, what have you failed at? And I think everyone's relationship with failure is like, oh, you know, you learn, but what's something that you just went, ow. <laughs> Oh, recently I can give you one. I, my communication with one of the most incredible people in my life, Casey, my wing woman, um, was just terrible. I wasn't, I had, I had unrealistic expectations of the team. I, I was, 
I wasn't as available as I should have been for the team given, given where we were at in this launch. And I, my behaviour was harmful. And, and when I say harmful, I just mean in a time where I should have really been leaning in, I, I, was, I was leaning out a little bit. And that's what I mean when I say harmful because I think that when we're not engaged with the people that we love, like that, that, that's, that hurts, you know, especially when they really need, require us. Mm. So failed, fell flat on my face as a leader and as an employer and what I'm so grateful for is that that gave way for just the most tender, beautiful conversation, which will allow us to, to create more deeply than ever before. She's a legend. I love her. Oh, I love that. And the humility to go, I did that. Yeah. yeah. That was not my best. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 What was the last book that you read cover to cover? Oh. oh, The Wild Braid by Stanley Kunitz. Ooh. Oh, the Wild Braid by mm. Stanley Kunitz. It's a beautiful book. It's a, a reflections from a poet on a decade in the garden. So lovely. He just draws all these parallels between gardening and poetry, like life. And because, you know, we speak so much about that ecology of life in Rebels of Light and he speaks to that. And I just cried at the end. His, you know, there were, there are poems in there that he wrote in the thirties and they wow. just sound so contemporary, like they were written today. So it's just, it really moved me the timelessness of art and poetry. Yeah. Mm. Who are the teachers that you, or mentors that you just so honored? Mm, yeah. Well, first and foremost, Hero Boga. I love her so much. She, oh, I mean, whatever. She's just like, you, you're doing little prayer hands now. She is mm. my family, you know. Uh, Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I froth on. I just so appreciate the way that he can take spiritual print principles and truths and explain them to the mainstream population in scientific terms. I so mm. appreciate him for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really appreciate Brooke Castillo and the way that she, the way that she addresses emotional health and mind management. I think that's very useful and practical for people. And finally I'll say, I mean, obviously Rebels of Light is a huge presence in my life. When I look at what transformed for me in 2018, I'm just so grateful to her because that content carried me through some oh, some big things. But I want to say my friend Vanessa Jean as well. Um, Vanessa Jean, she's one of my sisters. She's such a mentor to me. She reminds me to keep my my heart open. She reminds me to keep the magic alive inside of me. And she's, she's a mirror to me whenever I'm out of alignment. She just gives me a look and I'm like, oh, you just Harry Pottered me. <laughs> so she's just that presence in my life that reminds me of the magic because she's so tuned in. And whenever I spend time with her, I feel like I've just walked, you know, a thousand paces back into my own heart. Yeah. Beautiful. I love, I'm yet to meet her. I've heard so many incredible things and watched trainings with Vanessa Jean and her partner and yeah, such beautiful energy. Yeah. So what's a tune, a playlist that you are currently digging? What is your, what is frothing between your ears? Oh, God, God, oh my God. Maggie <laughs> Rogers. Uh, Maggie <laughs> Rogers. I can't even, I just, I love her so much. I, I, oh, I, like, I can't even talk. Her, <laughs> She is like this 24-year-old wise woman. Her lyrics, I'm like, stop it with these lyrics. They are so powerful. They move me. They make me cry. I, I suck at singing. I'm so bad. And I just belt out these bangers at the top of my, at the top of my lungs. I feel like such a weirdo. I just I feel so connected to her art. Whenever I'm in a funk, I watch a recording of her performing live because 
she so honors the creative process. She's so grateful to do what she, she does. She's not entitled whatsoever. She, she's like, my greatest honor is just to make music and I get to do this. And so I am so grateful. Yum. So she, to me, it's like so young, but so audacious and so humble, so creative, so wise. Her lyrics are beyond her years. I can't get enough. I'll put her on the, on the show notes spot. Uh, is there a particular tune that you like that I can be like, yeah, I'll put this on the link or just any, just her whole album heard it in a past life. But you know what? At the moment I'm really enjoying back in my body and retrograde Ooh, back in my body. Very rebel themed. I know. Yeah. Love. I remember crying the first time I saw that video of her and Pharrell. Oh yeah. I know. And just going, how is this in front? I think I just, because when it was, she hadn't even released it. No. Yeah. Just that humility to go, oh, yeah, like, and just the way she talked about her music. Yeah. Her presence. Wow. No wonder Pharrell was like. Yeah. Yeah. She's a really incredible soul, as we all are. But, she, you know, when someone's in right relationship with that, with the genius. Mm. Yeah. Damn. Right relationship with the genius. Going to save that one for the quotes. Final <laughs> question just for you for all my, for all my oil sisters. What is the current oil blend or oil that you are? Yeah. Frothing, rubbing on you, smelling. What is it? Cool. So yesterday I just, I, I was in my bathroom and I put some fennel on my tummy because mm-hmm. it's great for digestion. And then afterwards I put some passion on my hands to put around my collarbones as a perfume. And then I had both of them on my fingers and I smelt my fingers and I was like, oh, I smell like licorice all sorts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that on your Instagram. I need to try this. Oh, it just took me. It's just a little girl again, eating licorice with the little pink bits on them. So that's, that's amazing. But otherwise, if you're looking for something with a bit more depth, give, Passion, sandalwood, and green mandarin, a crack. Oh, sandalwood and green mandarin. Love. Yeah. I'm going to have that all here. Yeah. And final thing, if there's anything that we could do for you, because you've just given us so much bloody wisdom. Oh. I am so excited to share Rebels of Light with my community, but what can we do for you, Misty? Well, darling, thank you for asking. I think if people can share this conversation with their friends so that they can get a sense for how this program has touched both of us and perhaps, and, you know, and maybe they'll sense and feel into, hey, oh, I am that. And that feels alive in me too. That would be a beautiful thing. But certainly just come on over to the website and tune in to the words written there on rebels of light and sense deeply into whether this is something that you will be looking to gift yourself in 2019. Uh, Just tune in. Is this the way in which you are willing to invest? Give yourself that gift to say yes or no, whatever is a sovereign choice for you. I love it. Whether it's a yes or a no, just own that, but come and introduce yourself to rebels of light and, and see if she's for you. I love it. Thank you. Zoo, thank you, baby girl. I so honor you. You inspired me so much last year. Your courage, your audacity, your vulnerability, and the way that you saw and held others. I just appreciate you so much, honey. Oh my God. This is like making me blush like crazy because. Oh, you've come into my life in the most weirdest, not going to lie, in wondrous ways. Like I, the first time I really tuned into your energy, I was driving through the mountains in the Philippines, listening to the audio book version of, of your book. Uh-huh. And to have this conversation with you is, is really like beside myself, but also like, damn right. Like, this is cool. This is where we're at. Yeah. Really Sit at the funny. table, baby. So grateful. And Thank you so much for be, for taking the time. Mm. And I, I just want to say if anyone wants to tune in, there's a lot in the show notes and I'm really, really looking forward to see how the year unfolds for you, for Rebels, mm. for your doTERRA team and for your mm. podcast. Yeah, honey. And I'll be watching you. <laughs> I'll be watching and celebrating you as well every step of the way. Thank you so much for having You're me. Amazing. 
it, folks. Thank you for tuning in to Deep Defiance, your podcast hosted by Sousa Octaviano. Now, this is a very humble, humble operation by me. And if you enjoyed what you listened to, it would help spread the word by subscribing, leaving a review, and even better yet, share it to your social media platform that you adore because together we can affect change, defy the odds and build communities that thrive.